Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a... <laughs> hey, stole my line. Hey. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end. My name is Johnny, a totally average bass player, and each week I am joined by returning guest friend and full-time session bass player, it's Chris Horrocks. Hello there. Hello there, my friend. How are you today? I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I've been to the gym. I've had my dinner. You've just seen what I've eaten for my dinner. And it's nice. T- it was horrible, it wasn't it? Flipping awful. Yeah, it, was horrible. it looked really bad. Yeah. <laughs> He's on them goons. Yeah, tin of tuna, gonna... a packet of rice with some Worcestershire sauce on top of it. That was tuna. That was a tin of tuna, yeah. Oh my god. Well, yeah, I can see it as a tin now because it just looked like a like a sandcastle equivalent, like you'd packed it out. <laughs> well, the, packet, just the packets out. of rice look like sandcastles upside down, so that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, and the worst thing is I'm actually going to eat that again in two hours and then have my tea nice sick yeah well you know feels good gotta get that gotta get that hot bod somehow Boosh. <laughs> nice um speaking of hot bods um uh you have just recently got a new guitar i have a guitar yes oh. well it's a it's a bass we know it's a bass yes guitar. sorry sorry i a bass is a guitar. I get that comment. I mean, this time. One, to be honest, this one feels more like a dinner table. It's that big. <laughs> actually, you know what? No, no, no. I take it back. Um, it's it's actually really light, and in terms of neck size and playability, it doesn't feel any bigger than a normal guitar. Despite the fact, and this will be a spoiler, it's got fan frets. Oh, we're a big fan of fan frets. We- and it's a it's a long old boy as well. What's the scale length? Thirty seven point five on the uh, on the big end. For those of you That's who haven't sick. who haven't realised, I've bought a Dingwall, and uh, Yay! it's amazing. Um, I mean, I've played I'd played them before, and in fact, I'd played the model that I found secondhand. So when I saw it for sale, mm. I was like, I've played that. That's the colour I want. It's local to me. Because as as you know, Johnny, all the all the NG twos and stuff that we've seen for sale that I've been looking at yeah. are all down in your scruffy neck of the woods, or or even yeah. more south. Sorry, did you mean sunny neck of the woods? Yeah, it is, yeah, it is always sunny in Johnny's neck of the woods. Sunny today yes. though, up here for a change. Oh, I know. No. Yeah, so yeah, it's lovely sunrise. Up here. Mm. Anyway, anyway, uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm very jealous of that. I knew it was in the pipeline that, like, you know, you were in the market. Um, and so I'm very happy that that hole has now been filled. Yes. Um, insert innuendo mm. here. So, um, question. How hmm. how many bases? So the last base I bought was in June of last year. And then 
it was probably about three years since I bought another bass since then. I would like to know how many, and if your girlfriend's listening, you'll now be in trouble for this. Um, <laughs> how many bases have you bought in the gap since I last bought mine? So June last year to now. Um, gee, oh, flipping heck. It's, do you know what? I don't think it's actually as many as you think. Because, well, I mean, I've had some come in and go out mm-hmm. as well where they've been lent to me. We don't um, need to include those. Like, you know, because you had the Jones base. Um, yeah, Harley Benton's. Yeah. Um, ooh, I reckon it's it might be about ten. Ten. That might be pushing it. What? That might be putting. That might be pushing it. <laughs> Three, four. Yeah, it's, it's at least it's at least probably like seven. So I'd you say. have bought seven bases, Johnny. I uh-huh. Johnny. I have never owned seven bases. <laughs> not that the seven bases right now. Well, it, I've never owned you know, <laughs> seven bases ever. Well, it, it sounds it sounds you know. It sounds like you've got it wrong. Right, let me let me contextualize this. Yes, yeah, okay. Defend number your one, addiction. yes, on. I have a I have a problem. Um, number two, I'm on a I'm I don't have all of these bases still. Yeah, I assume you know, that, I'm, yeah. I'm on a one in one out yeah. system. Um, so something's got to give. And at the minute, I'm oversubscribed. I've got seven in the house now okay and that's too many um i need to have just five five is my limit because that's how many spaces i have on the wall at the minute the case is full as well Oh, okay um but i, I know this all sounds like oh where was me oh, i got some battery bases oh, very sad um but you know it's just different 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 line of work man you know Different, TV. that's why you need to start your youtube channel and true then true you have an excuse that's literally why i started mine it's to have an excuse to buy a base. that's a good point and to be fair you you need to have things coming in and out because part of your um well your youtube channel is look at the new shiny thing and then you play it, do a review and then off it goes in some way i i mean there's three bases in the house right now one of them's not mine one that i lent um and then what else is there i think i only own four bases now i'm gonna have to do it now this you think? here comes the dead air here comes the dead air um squire jazz bass erudine music man godan with flats dingwall i have five bases five well you're selling yourself short, well ah uh, mm, well there's twelve electric guitars upstairs. <laughs> what? There's twelve electric guitars upstairs. Are you? See- Are these yours? Yeah, they're mine. Yeah. Oh my god, you traitor! Yeah, no. Well, I was a guitar. No, but you know this. I was a guitar I know, in my in my foreign life. Had- <laughs> I was a. Um- I didn't know you had all that upstairs. Yeah, because I've only ever sold. Um- I knew that was something. I know you. exactly. I've only ever sold one electric guitar <laughs> ever. So every guitar I've ever had from the age of 12, I don't think I, I, I think the last electric guitar I got was 21. I haven't had another guitar since. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I've only got, I've just got the one. Yeah. Oh, well. well I mean, I, Lucky you. I just use it workhorse for recording, mm. but that's it. But I do like buying guitars as well. No, don't say that. Well, not as much space. Obviously. I know. I just lost half. Exactly. The so last week, we, last um, week we just talked about drums. For too long. Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking about guitars. So, what's your yeah. strat or telly? <laughs> yeah, that's the first question. It is. Um, well, I was going to say, what's what's a worse stat about me buying bases 
is that since you've bought your dingwall, I have also bought two bases. What, in the last week? Week. Mm. That That's a problem. Ah, yeah. wait. Um, well, we don't need to discuss the actual prices, but I think my one purchase has been more than the last 10 you bought. Oh, no, probably absolutely. Not, no, probably not. I didn't even tell you how much. Oh, I did well, for not, it, not so. combined, mind, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have any that are worth as much as that mm. one, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I have fulfilled my one of my goals for this year already of, of buying a white okay. maple stingray. Uh, so, woohoo, I'm picking that up on month, uh, well, next week sometime. Um, so that's very cool. Uh, and then, so I don't have either of these bases yet. Um, and then tomorrow, I'm picking up. Um, a very cheap Harley Benton Thunderbird. Oh, nice. Um, I was literally thinking about getting one because I was like, oh, that would be good for a review because Harley Benton stuff always does well. I want a Thunderbird. I don't really want to spend that much. Oh, I'll see what it's like. And then one pops up in the town next to me. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay, guess I'll go, I guess I'll go get it. That, that's so exactly, it might... exactly what I have with the Dingwall. I was looking, I was looking, everything was on the south coast. I was like, oh God, if I want to get this, it's going to be like an eight hour round trip, like a hundred pounds in petrol. Uh, and they were all for like a smidge under what they would be new. Almost like, a, well, why yeah. don't I just buy yeah. one new from Anderton's, for example, and have it shipped to me? Like, I'm not, you know, and also I'd be running my car into the ground for like another trip around the country, which I already do too much of. Um, <laughs> and then this was this was in Preston, which is... 35 minutes away so i thought and it was and it was for a good price and i thought yeah going for it absolutely yes please awesome the the stars just align with that kind of thing sometimes and that's when i will often buy a a purchase when it's the time is right yeah you know i've seen cool things before but i'm like "Mm, not really in the market for that right now but so yeah but yeah awesome let's uh well it's, it's you know it's good news all around um, so let's uh, move on to our first question. All righty. Question one. How much do the materials make a base affect your purchasing choices? There we go. And it lists an example, mm. for example, wood and electronics. So one more time. How much do the materials, for example, wood and electronics, make a base affect your purchasing choices? Johnny Dibble. Oh. So I care various amounts about different elements of a base. I don't think once I've looked... I don't know if I've ever looked at the (laughs) what the components are like of the hardware gone, no. Or, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I go more for electronics. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for me, that's a biggie because I, that's going to be the, the the main element of how that bass sounds. Um, so I care about that. And certain brands of electronics I like, certain pickups I like, some pickups I don't like. Um, as we've discussed, uh, Nauseam, um, they're like cheaper Bartolini pickups. I won't mm. buy an Ibanez that's got like those in it because I'm like, no, I don't just have bad experiences so no thanks um so for for instance yes that does have an impact on me um wood is a is a touchy one so not really i think if it 
if it's quite obviously like very cheap like if it was listed as like mdf <laughs> then mdma uh, uh, then yeah <laughs> oh, i might buy that one no if it was mdf like i'm not gonna buy that because i know it's gonna be awful um and if, if i can tell that it's a cheaper wood i'm like mm, maybe not but i i very rarely will look if it's older or ash yeah or, you know whatever for me i you know i know scientifically it probably does make a difference i it's never enough to sway me when i'm making a purchase you know <coughs> not really what about what about you i think i'm the same really um especially the woods like the wood has never really bothered me that much i know there's the whole torn wood argument and i'm sure that does matter when you get right up the pay the pay scale right up the pay scale and probably also if you're dealing with instruments that rely on the wood more you know acoustic instruments classical instruments but really with electric basses or electric guitars you know like electric instruments the pickups the pickups are going to do nearly everything you know changing the pickups is a massive change on a bass like huge mm-hmm. change and then the electronics and then the hardware and then the wood i would say yeah and that's also probably my order yeah. of preference so i can't really say like um the only one i i would say is i think about the neck more than the body that's exactly yeah. what i was about to not say not lords yeah. like i have a slight preference I have a preference towards maple when what I want out of the bass is like a contemporary sound, like snappy. Like my music man's yes. got a maple neck. Um, the Dingwall, I'm pretty sure, has a maple fretboard. I don't actually know what the neck's made of. I think the body's made mm. of alder, I think. Well, that that's the other thing, because like alder, ash... They're pretty classically used wood. So yeah. if I check a spec list and see one of those, I'm normally filled with confidence. Yeah, and then so like, okay, yeah, in yeah. the electric guitar land, it's that again, but there's a lot of mahogany in like your Les Pauls mm. and stuff. I don't know how often mahogany is used on basses. Um, no, you sometimes get mahogany necks and like all mahogany versions. Yeah, like okay. Jazz bass, yeah. I think, or like an all walnut yeah. version or something like that. Where they I like use a, the same wood yeah. throughout. I like cosmetically because I like I like the look of a maple neck more as well, mm. but my Godan has flats on it, and for that that has a, I think it's a rosewood fretboard, but it might not be rosewood because rosewood isn't really mm. you know it's protected now, so I don't really know what's going on with that. I can't remember if it's rosewood or not, but that's I can feel that it's much warmer. Like that that um yeah. that bass is warmer than my other basses. The Stingray is very snappy. Because it's a fully yeah. maple neck, and you know, through the pickups, through the amp, through the PA, maybe you can't notice the difference too much. But when I'm playing with the wood in my hand, then I can tell it. I can definitely tell a difference yeah. between maple and also, rosewood. Like that with stingrays, I, you just want it. You want that snappy sound. So yeah. you want it to be as snappy as possible. So I always, yeah, I like a maple neck uh, stingray yeah. myself. That's why the, the one I got, I wanted a maple one. Um, yeah, fretboard wood is interesting about rosewood because it went through a stage of yeah going under CITES and regulations and bit not being able to use it so much. So then we were using alternatives like laurel, Indian laurel, you know that kind of. Uh, what was the other one they used? I swear there was another one that they used for Palfero. That's it, Palfero that they used on the fenders. The really like 
it it just looks dry and laurel dries up super quickly um so if i can see that the alternative like if i've got two bases one's maple option one's that option i'll pick the maple one because i prefer that and the qualities that that wood brings compared to the rosewood alternative that doesn't look so good and dries out really quickly if it's rosewood though i don't really have any concerns i, I do do like nice rosewood um so that's the only bit where i sometimes go about like woods you know so yeah i, I think in the mm. neck is is where the majority of that impact yeah is. um and then with the neck cosmetically as well like you know things like babinga and panga panga Maybe I just like I saw the a words. panga panga shop boss on holiday, and I was like, "Panga panga." You saw a what when you're on holiday again? A panga panga shop. Oh, nice! It was like in South Africa. It was just loads of they sold loads of things made like panga panga, and I was like, oh, panga, panga. "I know that." <laughs> so I found yes, yeah, so I found a uh, couple of bases, picked up a nice five string made of solid panga panga. <laughs> couldn't bring it back, but you know, yeah, couldn't bring couldn't bring it back. <laughs> Would have paid about six thousand pound in import fees. <laughs> worth it worth it so yeah in oh. short i guess the answer is for me at least not very but mm. when it comes to the neck maybe but electronics though we mm-hmm. never really said electronics. electronics yes um yeah i'm mainly referring to pickups things like if it's a passive base you know it's got these pots and this wiring i don't care personally no i'm more looking no. at the pickup choice and these are broad strokes as well it's not like i'm going if it doesn't have emg pickups in it i'm not playing it i only want it if it has seymour duncan pickups it's got to be active i think there's definitely an argument to be made if it's an active base okay what's the preamp because that's a big that, yeah. that's going to change the sound well that can also what? impact the price massively as well if it's like a dark glass tone capsule or like an aguilar preamp you know that can bring the price up so it depends but that's if you're looking for something like that that's gonna of course going to have to come into your your buying options and, and decisions um but yeah certainly normally if it's just for the kind of bases that i'm buying it's normally like and it's got this preamp that's not made by another company yeah it's just the in-house thing you know but but yeah i i, I agree with you shall we move on to the news the news the news <laughs> Welcome to the news. <laughs> Not making that a thing. Um, so it's been a pretty good, pretty good week for news, I think. Um, as well as us getting, of course, new guitars. Um, there have been some new guitars being launched into the planet, um, and some quite exciting ones. Um, I'll start things off uh, with the Fender Gold Foil Jazz Bass. Um, Fender, you know, well, I'll talk about the bass first before going into this. So this is essentially a normal-looking jazz bass, but with a matching headstock uh, and a gold foil single-coil pickup in there. It kind of looks like a mini humbucker, uh, but it's got like a gold bit on top. Um, And then it's also got, you know, jazz bass, you normally have a control plate. This has got the whole... Um, I didn't actually notice this about this until I'm just looking at the picture now. The whole scratch plate is like built into the control plate as well, a bit like the old um, Mark Hoppus uh, bases. Um, and you've got like these amp volume knobs as the as the tone and volume knob on there, which I think is a really really cool vibe. Uh, it comes in two color sunburst and also a sonic blue. 
So the Sunburst has a um, black uh, headstock to match the ebony fingerboard, uh, and the yeah the the Sonic Blue one, top red tortoise shell pit guard with a Sonic Blue headstock as well. Um, these, so this first of all doesn't really appeal to me. I'm not going to be rushing out and buying one, um, but. I do think that these kind of sit perfectly in what I kind of want to see from Fender. It's like little tweaks and cool alterations on their classic shapes. It's not just a ah, bloody reissue of this or like uh, pushing the boat out too far. It's 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 kind of a nice step, I think, and I, I like seeing stuff like this. Uh, so yeah, it, it's cool. It's interesting. I've not actually heard one yet though, so maybe it's awful. Uh, what do you think about these? I like it more than I thought I was going to like it. I mm. now the more I look at it, the more I like it. Like I'm not too interested in the blue. I really like the sunburst, no. especially because the headstock is is black. It's really dark. Yes. And it fades in. There's one really big design choice that I think I would have preferred. Keep everything the same, but make it a P base. Oh yes, P as cool. a P base shape. I would like it infinitely more because I just think it would... I mean, I'm acting like the P-Bass was around for so much longer than the Jazz Bass. It was like 10 years at the most. Um, But I feel like I would... The vibe it's giving off, I would like more if it was a P-Bass shape. But yeah, I don't don't know what these pickups sound like. Um, And as we have have just discussed, it will affect the purchasing. Um, It doesn't really say much about what that pickup's gonna do um so on their website oh here fender we go gold foil yeah. single coil yeah. says this fender gold foil single coil delivers iconic visual flair okay right number one if you're gonna put that at the very start it sounds of the bad. description of the pickup yeah then i'm not too confident um visual flair and distinctive mid-range bite again if it was on a p-base i might see it a bit more um, yeah because i don't i don't i don't go to a jazz bass for like I mean, yeah, there's mid-range, obviously, in a jazz bass, but fundamentally it is meant to be a little bit scooped. That's the point, because mm. both pickups are in parallel. Yeah, they're in parallel. Yeah. That's yeah. the point. It's meant to be a little bit more scooped. It's that funk sound traditionally. Jazz, P bass is is mid-range town. That's kind of what I... when If someone says to me, we want some mid-range, what would you do? Uh, P bass, 100%. So this yeah. that's why I think I would like it more as a P bass. And I do one day want a tobacco sunburst P base. That is right up my street. There you go. Well, this could have been, this could be the one if you've got like a, a jigsaw present. Cut it into shape. Exactly. Yeah. Easy. Done. Yeah. Done. Done. Yeah. No, I, I hadn't thought about that before. I, I just kind of taken it on face value. So that's that's a um that's a very good point. I think that would be cool. It suit suit the vibe as well, especially as they're. A lot of this is referring to like mid sixties, and of course, I know that is that was the birth of the jazz bass. I suppose that's probably what why they've done it in this way, um, because the jazz bass was born in the sixties. Um, but yeah, regardless, I still think it's pretty cool, um, and I really love that black headstock matching with the ebony board. I think that looks awesome. Um, one other thing to mention about these: how much do you? Th- I don't know if you've seen the price. Uh-huh. How much do you think? Oh, <laughs> well, they are one thousand three hundred pounds. Quite a bit. I don't actually. Well, it is, but I thought that these were going to be like two grand. I thought they were going to be way mm. more. 
but I'm just trying to see now where their website has just just stopped working um where they're made because I bet your bottom they're Mexican you reckon yeah they're made in Mexico yeah they are that, oh that's a, that's a lot for Mexico that is quite a yeah. lot yeah so that's if this was an American made which I assumed it was that's why I was like oh it's pretty cheap because if that was American made this would be too grand yeah uh, but it's made in Mexico so so I changed my opinion that is expensive yeah <laughs> because of the country of I also changed my opinion <laughs> um so yeah uh interesting that they're doing these things out of Mexico I suppose it's less of a risk for them in terms of cost you know um although you've got to kind of mass produce to make it worth it then so I don't know how many of these are available so interesting there must be a financial reason behind that anyway but very very interesting um we're going to go down the other end of the price scale now and look at Epiphone. Um, Epiphone have, I feel like, just been sat, not doing too much recently. Anything not popped up in the news ever. much. No. Well, the last thing they did was re-release the Embassy. Uh, like, is that last? No, that would have been over a year ago now. And that went down a storm, which is why I think they've made this decision mm. uh they have brought back a, a vintage classic which is the newport base now this isn't a base that i ever knew existed before seeing this apparently it debuted in 1961 don't know <laughs> never knew that fair before. enough um but it is it is essentially very similar to the embassy in terms of body style just with some slightly different uh slight different horns on it i think uh, and it is a short scale um it's well to be specific it's actually a 30.5 scale <laughs> so i guess a full short scale is a 30 inch scale whatever it's still going to be class it's not medium so it's class as a short scale um and ah, uh, when i first saw this i fell head over heels if i'm honest it's got like you know like the mudbucker style humbuckers um, it's got one of those right in the neck and then a kind of embassy and pro Thunderbird style humbucker in the bridge, really far in the bridge. Um, I think these have such a vibe. They come in, uh, well, I've got the color list here, P Pacific blue. Okay. Which looks like, uh, the, like Pelham blue. It's very specific. Cherry. Yes, it is very Pacific of them. Nah. Uh, down, down the, the specific ocean. Yeah. Um, it comes in cherry, California coral, which is like a bright orange, and then sunset yellow, which, you know, I don't think is very sunset-y because it is yellow. That is like banana split yellow. Um, <laughs> interesting color choices. I think it really suits it. I think these are really cool. Um, I would love to try one. Um, although, they are only $380. So... Well, that's probably going to be like in today's money for us i reckon they'll be sold at like 350 pounds for us mm. um which is right you know at the bottom of the epiphone scale in terms of uh price so i think this is pretty cool uh i really want to try one so epiphone if you're listening hook your boy up huh let's <laughs> give it a go um what do you think about these um i like the color <laughs> and that's brilliant and that's about it really uh yeah it's nothing nice. there's nothing wrong with it it's just it's just not for me it's probably how i describe it like mm. um mm -hmm. yeah i i don't have much of an opinion on it because i don't really i don't really play 
short scale basses. I'm not particularly interested in kind of the vintage tones that it's probably going to kick out. I think it's a really good, I think for what it is, it sounds like it's a really good price. I mean, I, I expected yeah. them to flog this for like 800 quid or something. So <laughs> down at the 350 range is very good. Really do mm. like the color. The red is really nice. I really like that. I think it's a different take. It's nice that Epiphone aren't just going for, well, I was going to say a jazz bass, but they definitely can't do that. Because I just can't no. really think of any Epiphone basses that would really ever jump out at me. Until they do a grabber. Yes, I was going to say. When they yeah. do an Epiphone ripper or an Epiphone grabber, that will change yeah, and, the and, world. And do it right this time. And do it right. Do it right. Exactly. That will change the world. Yeah. But for this, uh, just it's okay. It's just not for me. Sure. For me, I've realized that I have a unhealthy obsession, not just with basses, um, but with quirky short scales. <laughs> You um, do. You really do. I absolutely love them. Like the kind of vintage vibe short scales. Oh, I don't know what it is. They just, they're just so cool. Um, I think that they've got just such a vibe to them, and that, uh, I, I, you know, I can totally in my head, I can kind of hear what that neck humbucker is going to sound like together. I don't know. They're quite far apart. Those pickups. I can't see that bridge pickup being that all that useful for that style of pickup where it is, but. I would love to just saturate this in some fuzz and and have some fun. It looks yeah, it looks right up my alley for that kind of thing. So I'm excited anyway. I'm excited. Um, my favorite, well excited. My favorite color was the blue one, but I'm kind of really enjoying the red now as well. The other two are also cool, but you know I'm a bit more of a traditionalist without having the bright colors. Um, yeah. That was everything on my news list, so uh, I think we should move on to um, question number two. Question number two. All righty then. Question number two. What bass do you feel is missing from the Fender slash Squire lineup? Ooh. Um, so, ooh. Mm. Tough one. so I think that <laughs> well I think missing from the Squire lineup is a gold foil jazz bass yeah so if we can have that please it may as well be I love you <laughs> make them made in Indonesia <laughs> um, no oh that's a tough one because the first thing that came to my head was like oh because I was thinking about your ding wall, and I was like, oh, well, they have never done like a multi scale or like <laughs> lots of active electronics, but that's just not really their bag. And I don't want them to do that, to be honest, um, especially as some of their active bases haven't been so good. Like, I don't really, really, rate their preamps that much. Is that so? Yeah. Oh, I mean, do you have, I'm going to get you in trouble here. Do you, do you have any experience with this? <laughs> um, well, apart from my Squire contemporary P base. Uh, twice. not working and twice. then yes twice and then having a just a very average sounding preamp um mm. I, I the fender the fender ones i've had active ones haven't been haven't blown me away you know i never think it's their forte oh actually having said that the meteora is the exception that's the first active fender i've played and i've gone I, huh yeah i do i really like that body shape like quite a lot like mm. i would like to have one Oh, well, th maybe that's something that they could do in the Squire lineup. Give us a Meteora. Is there not a, is there not really... a 
Meteora. No. Oh. No. It's only a Mexican Fender. I see. Okay. That's that not would, a bad one. That would one. do really well. Okay. Yeah, Any others? I think that would be really cool. <laughs> I, I was trying to think back at like some shapes that they'd done before because, you know, we could speculate forever and be like, oh, I want them to do this three humbucker base, you know, whatever. Uh, some dream base we want Fender to do. Yeah. But think about things that they've done before. Um, they've obviously got the Bronco, but that was kind of based on the Music Master, the Fender Music Master, right. um, which was their like short scale bass. And it's just, it looks a lot cooler. They're very expensive now if you want to buy one. And they're only obviously vintage, available second hand. Mm. I'd love to see a, a new Music... Is that what it is? Yeah, Music Master uh, bass put into the fold. I wonder if there's any copyright around Music Master and Music Man. I mean, they are two different words. Think, they are. That is true. They are two different words. Um, but I just wondered why why haven't they done it? That's it's mm. quite an iconic one that people people seem to enjoy, um, and they're quite sought after on the vintage market. It's a good so, point. It's a good point. Um, I'd like to I'd like to see that. I mm. think uh, basically a better version of the Bronco that is kind of classic vibe, range quality, not the Bronco because that's a, a level down again with like a guitar single yeah. coil in it. Nah, not into that. Um, so yeah, maybe a, a better version of that. Um, the have you got any others that you think I do actually? Um, oh, question one: Did they ever do a Squire Mark Hopper space? No. You know, Mark Hopper, he had the P base, but with the pickup reversed. Yes, Squire version of that could be quite cool. Um, yeah. Well, Meteora, yeah, hundred percent. I I only said I only reason I didn't say that is because I didn't know that there wasn't a Squire version. Main one for me, and I have got a marketing opportunity for you here, Fender slash Squire. What you could do is, I think an Aerodyne would be quite cool. So you know, Ooh. jazz bass, thinner body, contoured, PJ, matching headstock, and what you could do to market it further is call it like a Duff McKagan signature model now i know i think that that would did, sell so well yeah well actually no you know what? i'm telling a liar because the duff mckagan signature model is a p-base it's a p-base shape and the reason why i got confused mm. then is i'm pretty sure in the velvet revolver video for sliver he's playing an aerodyne because i always associated him with an aerodyne um uh. and he definitely played an aerodyne i'm pretty sure he had an aerodyne before he got his own base i think Anyway, I would like a Squire Aerodyne because it's a PJ, which is still obviously quite popular. It's not like a PJ P base. It's a slight variation on the body. You can put it in some like really cool block colors like mine. The model I got came in, which was like a cherry red. There was like a gray, and then there was like an olive drab green, with, all with black yeah. pit guards. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, and if you need a base to base it on, you obviously you can just buy my Aerodyne off me because I never use it and I don't want it anymore. Here we are. <laughs> Do you know, I I spoke to someone on Instagram who was like, "Ah, oh, the the base I wish I never sold was a cherry red made in Japan Aerodyne." Oh, really? I was like, I'm gonna I'm like, gonna oh. I'm gonna file this under things that didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that brings me on to a really good point that i was going to say and i've said it before but i want to see the thing that's missing is more signatures like 
I want to see Signature Squires come back. Yeah. There's some such interesting things that they can do and have done in the past. Mm. I think I feel like the last what was the last signature base that they had? Was it the Troy Sanders Jaguar? Probably. The silver Yeah, one. probably that. It might have been that. I can only really to be honest with you, I can only really think of two signature Fender Squires. I can think of the what's his face? Is it Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy, the bass player? Yeah. yeah. Him, that horrible black and red one. Um, I've just I probably just alienated everyone then by saying it was horrible. <laughs> it is, uh, and then also the Troy Sanders, which um, I mean I really like Mastodon, so I think that's really cool that they did that. But yeah, I can't think of any signature squires. I mean, to go back to Epiphone briefly, they used to be really good for that. They used to be really on it. Every Gibson signature series would have an Epiphone equivalent. This is in the guitar really? band. Oh yeah, like all the oh slash, sorry, yeah, yes. all the slash models. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, Matt Heafy from Trivium didn't even do a signature Gibson. He start. He did an Epiphone one, and then also Lee Malia from Brim of the Horizon signature yeah. Epiphone, not a signature Gibson. So yeah, I think they should do that. I don't really know. Yeah, but in terms of basses, I can't really think of any, and I can only really think of like two guitars. So it's not a lot. Uh, there's loads of guitars out there. Oh, oh I just thought of an amazing Squire signature <laughs> that they did—the Mikey Way Mustang, um, who's the bass player for My Chemical Romance. Ah, did you ever see that? It was a—it was a grey sparkle finish. I'm gonna look now with a black racing stripe and a single humbucker. Mikey Way signature bass. They did a Frank Bello one as well. Oh my goodness. Oh, I just Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That yeah. that is cool. I re- I really like that. <laughs> oh, actually, that's really strange. That's really strange. Um the guy that asked this question yeah. owns one. What one of these? Yeah, one of these. So basically he just wants us to plug his base. <laughs> Knew it. Damn it. Oh, um, yeah, I've, I've just come across a load of other ones now as well. Do you know what? One thing I forgot to mention earlier, and I guess this is kind of news and kind of related to this, because, yeah, bring it back to Squire, but kind of not really because, I don't know, they'd, they'd probably be awful, not because of Squire, but just because of what they are. Mm. I'm getting to the point. Shut up. Um, the Squire Katana. <laughs> Do you know what this is? Uh, yeah, that rings a bell. <laughs> I keep thinking Squire Katana. Thinking boss Katana. <laughs> well, not quite. The, the Squire Katana is, I think it was made in Japan. It's a katana. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember It was now. like Fender's answer to the to the Flying V, essentially, <laughs> or similar. It's a bit more offset. Uh, and they re-released them in Fen- the Fender ones, like last year, I think. They did a very limited run, and they did like a, a shell pink one, uh, which was incredible obviously um and i guess this is where it fits into the news for this week because i nearly bought one of these last week really like yeah yeah there was an old 80s one for sale on ebay and it went for dirt cheap i was i was literally in the airport like oh do i buy this and then so i was the highest bidder until the last 10 seconds oh you got couldn't type fast sniped yeah and it sold for like 200 pounds oh it was it was stupidly cheap and i was like what uh so 
yeah, I was I was a bit upset about that. But hey, I bought two bases anyway, so it's fine. Uh, but yeah, bring hell. Why not bring back the katana? Let's see it. Let's do um, that. I think that's the one we can agree on. Yes. Let's move on to the next segment. This section is called "That Tone You Own." It's my one of my favorite sections because we get to shut up and listen to some sweet, sweet tones. Um, so my good friend Chris here has brought along a tone for us to listen to this week. Um, I'm going to shut up and uh, let's just have a listen to it, shall we? do you want to break this down for us what first of all what what was this for oh yeah so i this was i think it was about this time last year i just got hired to play bass on a cover that someone was going to release as part of like the launch of a solo artist so this is a cover of uh it's a song by halsey and youngblood which i think is called 11 minutes i was going to call it 11 seconds Mm -hmm. i think it's called 11 minutes which is a lie, really, because it's only three and a half minutes long. So, ooh, ooh scandalous. Uh, so, yeah, I got, you know, needed a bass player. They hired me in. They told me what they wanted. It was a rearranged version of the original, like a bit more of a rocky version. They'd seen what I'd done online nice. and what i do anyway. So they thought, you know, you'd be a pretty good, you know, fit for this. Can you do it? How quickly can you do it? How much money do you want? Blah, blah, blah. Had all those conversations. And then I learned the song, adapted the song into the arranged version which is a bit faster a little bit more lively in parts and then emailed the track over i was paid my money and here we are lovely jubbly awesome so so you know fairly kind of recent ish then so i'm thinking current gear that you've got Mm. what what bass was used for this this was my squire jazz bass with the emgs yes however if memory serves, the pickups hadn't been changed by this point. Ah, so this ooh. is just a completely bone stock, classic vibe jazz bass. Nice. With both some full. Of course. Of course. What um what just being nosy, what year is that? It's old. Squire? It's old, old. I think it's about two thousand and three. It's an old before I, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. old girl yeah doing your proud Almost, yeah 19 years old now oh, well pretty much 20 years wow. old i think i think it, i've been i looked at the serial number and I, it was definitely early 2000s maybe like before 2004 if i remember correctly so yeah it's that and then um it's not the quad cortex oh my god what nope it the world just shook. i know i felt it from here um <laughs> Where I'm on the world too. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, it's actually the um, it's my dark glass amp. It's my dark glass AO900 amp, straight in the front, straight out the back. 
Oh, awesome. Um, with a cab sim. So you can you can have a cab sim on the DI out of the Dark Glass. It's one of the stock cab sims. I think it's uh, it's John Stockman's 8x10 capture. So it's a capture oh, of nice. uh, an Ashdown 8x10 on the way. Really? Yeah, it's an, it's an Ashdown 8x10. John Stockman is the bass player of Carnival, for those who don't know. Carnival. Carnival. Um, well, it's who um, first introduced the Alfa Omega, wasn't it? Pretty it was much, like yeah. His, so. Almost his signature pedal, really. And then uh, yeah. I can remember the settings clear as day on my amp. So the Dark Glass AO900 as a compressor on the way in, which you can choose to have on. So that's on. It's about halfway up. And I believe when it's halfway up, it's only really compressing the low end. It acts a little bit more like a multiband nice. compressor. And then once you go past mm. 12 o'clock, it kind of starts brick walling it and really compressing it. So I didn't do that. So it's at about maybe 11 o'clock. Then it's on the distorted channel. The grunt and bite switches are both on. But the blend is on 100% and the drive is at zero. So the drive is all the way down. Mm. Level's quite high. So, you I mean, you've just heard it. So it's quite driven, but I like it because it's kind of more like overdriven instead of yes. straight up distortion. Um, yes, that is how to do yeah. it. That, that, honestly, that's what I used to do with my Dark Glass Vintage yeah. Microtubes Ultra. One of my favorite sounds I got out of that was a jazz bass into that. Drive all the way down, blend all the way up. Yeah. Because it still gives you a tiny little bit of a boost that crunches it up. Yeah, a there's a bit, bit of grit. But doesn't yeah. it doesn't add this like artificial yeah. and I'm gonna say it, the, the dark glass sound. Yeah. You know, it doesn't overwhelm <clears> it with that the signature distortion, which is what I uh, sometimes don't like about some dark mm. glass things. So that's the that's my favourite settings to have them. Yeah, at. it's not too much. Um, so and then nice. Um if I remember correctly, there's an there's a like a six band EQ at the end. So there's a low shelf which I am boosting. Big cut at five hundred hertz, and then a boost at three K. And then that's it really. Lovely. I'm pretty sure what you all have just heard is that. So I went straight into logic, tracked it, and then sent them that with no additional processing. If that's not correct, there might be a compressor added in logic and then sent out, but certainly not a load of big EQ moves because I think I remember correctly no. the guy who was producing it was like, just give me that and the DI just in case I yeah, want to reamp. And the reason why the, DI there somewhere. the reason why I'm not saying who it is is because it was never released, basically. So sometimes when you get sent these things, they don't make you it's not an NDA. It's certainly not an NDA, but they just say in kind of the email if you agree to do this, we are asking in return that you don't talk about who this is or what this is for until it's been released. Yeah. Once it's been released on the official channels, you are more than welcome to talk about it. I was going to do like um, like a cover of the track just because why not? It wasn't for a huge, it wasn't like a huge artist. I think it was like some management, a management company got in touch with me for um like an independent artist they were like gonna like rebrand yeah, well, and re-release as more like a it does sound quite a lot like elton john's style mm, so yeah I, I think we've all worked out well you've said it so it doesn't break my nda so we're okay there we go <laughs> um yeah it was like a it was one of them like young blood had just like blown up like well no we've been big for a while but it, like it was like peak young blood so I think they just wanted to like change one of their artists from like middle of the road pop to be like, oh, she likes punk now. 
you know like you know what i mean that kind of like just let's we need to chase the wave in some way and see if it works so i just played base for it i think i got the whole thing done in one afternoon so it wasn't a great deal of work it's not a hard song i think it was made like three or four chords all the way through but they just wanted someone who just wanted me to down pick the whole thing and yeah easy peasy lemon squeezy the best down picker in the game this guy probably not but i'm i'm working on it (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there awesome Thank you so much for bringing it along. It sounded so good. Yeah, really awesome sound. I like I said, I I love that style. Where that's why I was kind of surprised that it was dark glass first of all, because I was like, oh, it doesn't have that sound, you know, primarily, and that's because of the the settings that you've got it at, which I applaud. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very good. Um, cool. Let's move on to the next segment. It's time for the big bass debate. I peaked the mic. Oh, well. Yeah, so big bass debate time. That was probably the most unenthusiastic announcement of the big bass debate I've ever done, I reckon. I don't know. I quite liked it. I thought it was a bit like, I felt a little bit like, before the, uh, I felt like Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, you ought to know I'm feeling very depressed. Okay, well, anyway. previously you've done like question two. Oh, I think yes, so I that have. needs That's to true. be for the big base debate. It's big base debate. It's time for the big base debate. That one. Perfect. Thank you very much. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they're on X Factor. I, I need the cash. Okay, so big base debate. Are budget bases becoming more comparable to bases five or ten times the price yes yes done done that was easy <laughs> five, ten times um, is quite a jump ten though. times that, that's, that's quite a jump yeah, yeah. Cause that's comparing okay, so let... a 300 pound base to a 3000 pound base which i don't think is that comparable but no well let's talk yeah. about that um first of all for like five times the price that's about so 300 pound base that we're saying is like a budget base because oh yeah that is in the middle of like your squires and well and stuff 300 quid gets you that squire from last week the p the pj is it affinity was it in affinity oh yeah the uh yes yeah i think it's a bit less than 300 i'm gonna suggest we do something how much does your standard sire jazz bass go for not a five not an active one the normal one the v3 yeah so that is that's around 300 pounds let's use that let's use that as an example hang on i think yeah Yeah. okay well that's pretty good good example as well i think because that's a really high standard it is yeah um so five times the price of that was looking at 1500 pounds um so I think there becomes a point where <laughs> price in bases starts to plateau, like value for money, I mean, starts to plateau a little bit, where you, you hit this ceiling and the bits you're getting extra aren't really worth the amount of money that's being added on. So, for instance, 
you could have exactly the same spec base if one is made by someone in Mexico and one is made in someone in America. Obviously, there are benefits that come with the American one <laughs> because it's potentially less mass-produced and it's got more hands on it mm. and people seeing it and checking yeah. it. That's the value that you're getting. Um, and you're paying to have a, an American one. You know, it's like, a, oh, oh, I've got an American one. Yeah, of um, course. So there are elements like that that come into this. That's where the most of the money starts to where it starts to change. You get, I think, you get to like six or seven hundred pounds, and really, then your quality of components and things like that starts to slow. Level yeah, out starts to level bit. out, slow down a little bit. Yeah. Now that's on average. I'm not talking about things like ding walls. That you know, some bases certain fit in certain camps where they are much more specialist and have components that aren't really found in other bases like like the fan frets and the different scale lengths you know a little bit different true so I won't true how true it. however and obviously this is not to shoot me in the foot regarding dingwall because i'm a really big fan of the instrument um it's still an imported base which then has quality mm. control done in canada and then it is shipped out for distribution so yes, yes, there is an additional step where it's taken to somewhere else, looked at, and then given the thumbs up by a, a person in the same factory as the custom shop. And Dingwall's Ooh. custom shops are like free, free grand and up, really. Um, you yeah. know, your, like your big fancy pants, Z Freeze, and your afterburners and, and stuff like that. They're very expensive, um, but that's custom shop money, which is kind of if we were doing our ten times the argument. We are basically comparing a Sire V3 and something like the Jones base or an, or yeah. an Alpha. A, Ser- a Serac. Yeah, yeah, Custom Shop Dingwall. Um, American Custom Shop Fender, which for me, nah, not interested. I'd like, I'm yeah. not even particularly interested in American. Ma- if it's mass produced and American, I don't really, I feel like we're probably, we no. are probably paying more for, unfortunately, better working conditions for the workers because that's where you sit unfortunately guys if you're wondering why something's so cheap it's probably because they're paying the person who's built it not a lot of money so there's that and it is a moral dilemma that comes up with with some brands you know you think yeah you know some brands are a bit different like harley benton they are very cheap but they're the reason why they're they are so cheap is because they cut out the middle. Oh yeah, they're so cheap because brand. it's, di- so it's that... direct distribution to the, from the customer. The person who sends you the base built the base as well, so they can drop the price exactly. down. So there's there's no retailer in the middle. Yeah, the whereas is the distributor. Fender. This is where we accidentally accuse Fender of slave labor, which is not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to do that. Just to clarify. Um, well, it's every brand, every single brand under the sun that has an import line in Indonesia. Well, in yeah, or China. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're not paying; they're not going to be paying those people a lot. That's why your I mean, squire the, is the being biggest quid. company. The biggest company doing all this is Court. Yeah. Oh, really? Court Tech, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, Court Tech own. Well, I mean, I might be wrong about that, but they own a massive amount of the factories mm. out there. Um, and Court is just their own brand. I think. Oh, what? I, um, yeah. Um, but you're, yeah. but you're totally right because. It, uh, the majority of the price that you're paying is coming down to who is building it. And that's when you start getting into your three grand base because it's w- often one master builder that has put their heart and soul into it. 
so you know that you're guaranteed to get an amazing, fantastic product custom made by one person. You're paying for their skill. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas the mass-produced stuff is all CNC machine-built. You know, it's a big production line. Yeah. Uh, and all less hands on it, you know? So potentially more more things to slip mm-hmm. away and, and not be done correctly. Um, so that's why you get, obviously, issues with mass-produced bases where the quality control course isn't always going to be 100 percent. yeah of course and it will slip through the net whereas with custom yeah which obviously you have never experienced you know quality control is never something never a problem you've had to deal with no 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 no, no, absolutely no don't be silly every single base i've had has been the best base i've ever played yeah i can see that i can see the gun in the corner of the screen just slowly (laughs) coming in going out of the background is that a i love you squire i love squire i love squire Hey, my two main bases at the minute are a squire. True. Um, anyway. so, yeah, back to the point uh, before we do our usual thing of bashing brands. Um, I think comparing a £300 base to a £1,500 base, I think it's brand dependent because, like our example, you know, something like a, um, a V3 um, to a, like an American jazz base, the things that I don't think there's that much of a difference to warrant five times the price. There is, of course, a difference, you know, in terms of quality control, the, um, you know, the expensiveness of the stuff involved, the brand association. That mm. That's a big thing. You know, you're paying for the fact it's made in America. That's a really big part yeah. of the price. Even like Fender to Squire, there's such a jump well, up. the same jump up, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then... So for me, so for me, three hundred to fifteen hundred, the gap is getting smaller and smaller. Mainly for me because the quality of the cheapest one, the cheaper ones, is getting better and better every time. You know things like things like mm-hmm. I've, I always think of Sire for this because it's yeah. really cheap stuff, but it's really good. The quality of the Harley Benton stuff is going up and up as well, and then the interest in the higher end is going down for me. Not mm. Dingwall. Um, but Fender, just to get my well, allegiances the thing, the, the in, kind... in place there. <laughs> the type of instruments that are being made by the ones that cost like £3,000, <clears> if they're not just your standard ones by like Fender or something, they're kind of in a different league, I'd say. Well, that's they're completely not really comparable. Yeah. When you're going up to that over 2000 3000 range, when you're going into like the custom shop thing, you know, you are not custom shop, ignore that. Um, I'm I'm thinking of brands like Jones, Alpha, um, yeah. Dingwall's Custom Shop, for example, where literally it's a very small team of people. I think the wait time for a custom shop Dingwall is like 14 months at the moment. It's it's a long time. It's it's I think it's over a year still. But that's because you know there's a team of let's pretend it's 10. There's a team of 10 highly trained luthiers building you an instrument to exactly what you want and then sending it to you. That takes more time because there's more of a consultation involved. There is a greater degree of skill. There's a greater refinement of the materials. Something like Alpha, for example, I'm pretty sure that's two guys, isn't it? And they just do everything. They build everything by hand and then off it goes to you. That's a completely different, that's a completely different kettle of fish, but that'd be the same with everything, you know, custom made suits, Cars, obviously. I thought you said soup. Custom soup, and custom big. made soup. Custom made soup. It's got a, it's, it's got a panga panga reduction. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, yeah it's a bit they, woody. They're never, they're never going to be in the same realm. Those, regardless of how good affordable bases get, you're not. When you get to that price range, you're then not paying necessarily always for the, the, the. I guess you are paying for the spec sheet, but you're also paying for the time that a person put in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it is an interesting one because we're. I think at the minute, at the minute, the three hundred pound base, I'd say, is comparable to. I want to say like the seven to a thousand pound price. Yeah, range, pretty much right? anything under a grand, yeah, could... really. I'd say now. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, when you're paying like fifteen hundred pounds for a base, fundamentally, it, it most likely is going to be a better base than the the cheaper one. But it's just of, of what scale, you know? It's not going to be worth five times as much necessarily. Um, and then, yeah, and then though, another thing we haven't really thought about is the second hand market. Yeah. Um, how resellable are these things going to be? The for, uh, more affordable That's ones. a good in, point. In terms, yeah. of, in terms of money that you lose from it, I would argue that maybe a very expensive base would lose more money in percentage-wise compared to a um, compared to a cheaper, like the Squire market is booming, of course, second-hand. But they're still like 250 quid odd, which is only probably £100 less than what you pay for a new one. Exactly. Well, yeah. Whereas if you, sometimes. you know, try and sell a, a, I don't know, an American Fender base that was fifteen hundred quid, oh, it's going to go down a lot. Yeah. I think. But then again, this is this is uh, this is like value in the eye of the beholder. I have no interest in these bases, so I would not want to pay a lot of money for them. But that's just mm. me, obviously. Yeah. I, I might be wrong about that because obviously they they've got the brand recognition and it is a USA Fender, you know, it still holds that to it. So I might be wrong there, but that's my gut feeling of, of where we're at at the moment. Like you take that, drive that car off the showroom floor, it loses so much value, you know, and you kind of lose yeah. less value from the, from the more affordable one. I probably just know that because I operate mainly in the affordable market and secondhand. So I know that market, but yeah, there we go. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for that one. Um, Christopher, where can people find you on the internet? On the internet, specifically. you, you I'm not telling you where I live. Uh, you <laughs> can find me on pretty much everywhere under that guy on base. Instagram, TikTok. I'm going to ask very nicely if you can go onto YouTube and subscribe to my channel. You're not going to find a lot there. You're just going to find a few reels that I've posted on Instagram also on there. But if you can give it a little bit of a subscribe, that'd be nice. I'm thinking of dipping my toe into YouTube land in the near future mm-hmm. and having more than like my mum and one of Johnny's rabbits as my subscribers would be very nice if possible. Pleases and thank yous. That's all you need, mate. That's all you need. All you need is rabbits. Um, yes. I'll I'll leave the link in the description of this so you can go and check that out for yourselves as well. Um, we're both on tiktok and instagram we are um you can follow myself um at johnny dibble on instagram and that is also where you could submit your questions for this podcast on my story poll so make sure you do that just like the lovely people that submit for today thank you so much to everyone for their questions um that's one of my favorite things about doing this is you know hearing all the interesting things and making me think about things i ain't bloody thought about before so thank you so much um you can also find me on YouTube, of course. Uh, go and smash that subscribe button. Uh, we've just hit 
12, I want 12,500, I think. So let's let's keep going. Let's get a, the next target is 20k. Come on, go on. Let's let's do it. 20k. Here we come. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. See you next. Bye.